Hello there, listeners. Welcome to Startup Kitchen Talk, where we discuss startup apprentices becoming master chefs. My today guests are Mateusz Kostlivy, director of Czech Invest AI Hub, and Jan Cizmar, founder of Startup Tolgy. And today we're going to talk about fishing, uh, fishing in the realm of AI. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much for having us, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Hello. Thanks for the invitation. Hello, it's me. Okay. Um, my first question is, have you guys ever liked something before it hit the mainstream, before it was cool? Like, for example, uh, reading Game of Thrones before the HBO series, or having Instagram in 2010, or, you know, liking bell-bottom jeans before it was cool. Do you have something like that, Matos? Yeah, it happens. It happens quite often, actually. No, it happens sometimes. It's you influence them. Yeah, no, not like that. But it can happen with music often that you know uh, some song, you like it, and then suddenly you realize it becomes mainstream. Um, for example, for example, it happened to me with uh, with the song singer Jane, uh, which recently it's a French singer, and now with uh, uh, Facebook and TikTok, um, the, uh, some of her songs become popular on these uh, networks because people like. To share it with with those students uh, other than that I, I it happened to me for example with longboarding i like longboarding and uh once electric... you liked longboarding long before it was cool uh, uh, well i started to longboard like um 10 years ago 13 years ago which was kind of the time before it started to be cool and then um then i realized i wanted to try as well electric longboards mm-hmm. because uh, that was the kind of new thing and uh, it helped you didn't need to push with your feet and uh, brake uh, you just had to control the remote and uh, this was something I jumped in quite early because uh, because it was my passion to ride longboards and then it became a trend now nowadays you can see more and more of those micro mobility tools to, to be used and uh, do you still uh, hit the road Jack yeah of course <laughs> um, not today because it was raining but otherwise uh, whenever I can I I, I, I commute to work uh, even to check in west on my longboard actually which is which is quite fun oh next time i want to try please uh, i do only surf skate so uh, uh, it's a very different game yeah it could be could be similar you you could find it quite amusing actually it's it, it's cool you should try that and very, with, very with techn- cool commute though yeah and with technology it happens quite often and when we talk about ai definitely that's uh, that's, <laughs> that's something I, I i used to jump into the, in, in the train of ict support uh, back mm-hmm. in check invest like 10 years ago and it was rather like really broad uh, in ict service, um, there was uh, everything uh, that was covering software development, including as well um, uh, those shared services for uh, customer uh, services and such. Um, but in, in, it included as well the uh, infrastructure services, such as data center support, mm-hmm. for example. Check Invest started to have quite a substantial support in areas of foreign direct investment uh, um, promotion of the Czech Republic, and then it started to look as well what it could, could be developed here further. And that was the time when I first pretty much um, got in touch with artificial intelligence. It was in already in 2016, I guess, that um, that, that we had a panel discussion at Czech Invest with uh, Professor Pechoček or mm-hmm. Mr. Kleindienst, uh, who was one of the top experts here in AI. And, um, and, and we had a nice discussion about um, how could be AI utilized in today's economy, and today's economy meaning 2016. Uh, so this was kind of before it was cool, but it was obvious that AI may be the next big thing already back then. 
So yeah, we have a guest that can foresee the future. How about uh, my other guest? Yeah, can you? Do you have some uh, examples? Of being cool yeah, before it was cool. It was yeah. cool. yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I never been cool before it was cool. But I'm starting to do some cool stuff now. For example, I wear barefoot shoes, which maybe will be cool like in a few years. And then I will say on next podcast that I was cool <laughs> and before it was cool. Um, and uh, because we already started discussion about AI... Would you be intrigued by it, you, Jan? Would you be intrigued at if you if there wasn't the hype, uh, if there was a, some small feature that you I don't know a year ago or two years ago you read about in some you know technological journal? I met AI on high school like ten years ago, and it immediately felt like this is something. So. And How did I, you met AI in high school? High school. Like my my friend did some some work on, like reading numbers using neural networks, and it felt like wow, you can like really use it for something, and yeah. So I felt like the whole time there is hype, and the hype is going like higher and higher the whole time, and now it's peaking maybe, or maybe we will see like ra- larger peak in few years, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> so it's either peaking or climbing, right? Yeah, yeah. So did you it's, do something with it uh, I think in high school? Kind of a bit. I didn't like really like program anything, but I was looking at it, at how, how it's built. And, it and was, so it that's how your relationship with AR started. Yeah, yeah. Just looking, <laughs> <laughs> looking around. Yeah, well, many many relationships start like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matos, what happened? Because uh, the tech was, you know, originally designed as early as in the 80s. So uh, what happened that uh, the boom came now? Well, I would say that technology as such matured. And um, by maturing, I mean the AI is really dependent on the amount of data and uh, the uh, hardware that is uh, this is running the... Uh, all the computing, uh, computational power needs to be needs to be there in place in order to be able to calculate all, all you need. And uh, definitely, in the 80s, um, it was pretty much uh, too early. And uh, by the amount of data, by the by the uh, by the sophistication of the, uh, of algorithms, and uh, pretty much even the um, even even the. Uh, entire ecosystem at the time wasn't ready uh, to take advantage fully of uh, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence and um, because as well and that's important to say even AI uh, was um, in in the history uh, a part of some of some ups and downs and uh, by ups and downs I mean there were AI winters and that's what <laughs> it's called and uh, pretty much the hype that uh, that was launched by by researchers and by the potential that artificial intelligence could Um, could bring to people it was soon kind of followed by uh, by some um, by, by some um, not really good uh, examples of how the how the technology could be utilized back then and it led to the fact that the finances to the artificial intelligence didn't flow as they could and at some point in the history 
uh, artificial intelligence be- became um, be- entered to the phase that is called AI winter. And this is what pretty much happened back then. Now we are at the phase when um, the, uh, when the hype, uh, of course, is triggered especially by the amount of computational power, by the amount of data, especially triggered by the internet that uh, really helped the, the gathering of the data and um, opened the gates of what could be done with all these technologies that weren't open back then. You mentioned AI winter. Um, is there any AI winter coming? Uh, winter is coming <laughs> only in Game of Thrones, hopefully, uh, not in AI. It can happen, of course. Oh, it's it, October so far. It, it, it happened already <laughs> twice, but uh, but by talking about AI winters, of course, like this positive approach towards technology that is raising expect- expectations can then uh, be met by um, by reality, which is not as, um, as nice at, as was perceived beforehand. And so, of course, if this happens again, it may... Uh, it may materialize in the freeze of investments in, in this area. But at this point, I believe everybody already realized that uh, the potential is there. What can be done with it is, 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 is real. And um, it's only about um, how real are the expectations, how high are the expectations, and how fast they meet the reality. That uh, That's pretty much what AI winters were about. So, uh, Jan, what do you think about the, you know, AI summer um, history? I also think that the current hype we see is, it it happens because companies like OpenAI, like, created these large models which are presented to general public so everybody can use JGPT and see what what really, what it's really capable of. And also we have these models like Midjourney, so... And it all came like in the same time, so you can use yeah, ChatGPT for generating like test content. Mm-hmm. You can use Mid Mid Journey for generating images, which are like you can't see a difference. In, in, like currently with the V4 version of Mid Journey, which which is like great. So mm-hmm. so general public can actually use that. Yeah, and general public reason. can definitely create the hype. Uh, yeah. and you think that where it lays the difference when general pub generic public uses the tech that then it creates all the buzz. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Well, that definitely happened. Um, talking about buzz, like with any buzzword, we are repeating it so very often that um, its true meaning kind of fades or original one. So how are you? How would you explain AI to grandma or a kid, Matos? Well, but what is often one of the um, one of those exp- uh, explanations? What is AI was that it's technology that is replacing something that was done before by a man. But this is really one... Or a woman. Or a woman. <laughs> by man, I mean like a, uh, human. a, a human person. Uh, which which can be some uh, nice explanation to a kid or a grandma, but obviously it can um, it, it may not be sufficient in certain areas because especially when it comes to technology, the technology as it advances, of course, um, of course, what was perceived once as uh, as AI or something really high tech throughout the time can uh, become uh, obsolete or not that much high tech. So even within AI, what is cons- what was or what used to be considered artificial intelligence back then may not be already today. And this is uh, something very typical to technology. And uh, so even this this uh, this uh, very kind of um, definition of AI as being something that was before done by a man, but now it's done by machines, may be kind of uh, something that ne- we need to think twice about. But uh, 
Yeah, I can role play a bit more and ask you, uh, Jan, about it. Like, if, for example, I, um, as a grandma, yeah, I used to chop my vegetable, but now I use, you know, kitchen robot. So it was That's something. That's not AI, I think. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course but I'm, like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to role play a bit more. So you know, a chopped vegetable now done by uh, a kitchen robot. Uh, explain, Grandma, why is that? Um, why is not that AI? not AI? Yeah. So. <laughs> that's a tough question. <laughs> I think it it has to be something like clever, uh, you know, because chopping is not clever enough. <laughs> and you have like this, the, the, the AI is like superhuman, it, it knows everything. And sometimes if it doesn't know everything, it lies. So that's definitely what like the... Yeah, kitchen robots don't lie. Yeah, yeah. they don't lie. <laughs> so, they stop working, but they don't lie. <laughs> so how do you utilize a smarter than kitchen robot AI uh, in your company? In your work, yeah. So, I should start with what we actually do. We are we are a tool for translating web apps or different apps to different human languages. And we, the, the problem on on web apps and and mobile apps is that it's full of short strings. Like for example, you have save button, and this save word can be translated uh, or it can have many many meanings. Like you can save animals, save money, you can save data, or you can save goals. And each of these meanings can have different translation to the target language. And the problem is that if the translator, human or machine, don't have the context, they can translate it wrong. And that's where where we use the, the machine translation and AI, like large language models, because with these models, we can basically provide the context to the model. We also can extract the context from the app and, and give it to the to the model. And that's why it's more much more reliable because the model knows it. For example, there is a there is a form for uh, setting new password in Ryanair app, and under the form there is uh, save save money button in Czech version of the app. So there is a ušetřete, because the translator, the machine translator or human translator who translated this didn't know that it's like form for saving password. But our translator knows the context. It knows there are there are other strings like password, new passwords, and such. And that's the reason why it translates correctly because it knows it's it's password saving form. So it say it translates. So it knows the context. The, yeah, it knows the context, and that's the that's the difference. That's how we use that, and it's super powerful. And Mateusz, how about you? How do you use the AI context in your work? Well, in my work, we, uh, as a Czech Invest Agency with Technology Incubation Project, we uh, are able to uh, support uh, AI startups at the very beginning of their stage, pretty much the stage when venture capital doesn't really uh, show any much of an interest yet. There, the state can step in and uh, boost uh, the initial uh, initial kind of uh, idea to the face that uh, it becomes uh, a successful startup. And that's where we step in as AI hub because we support uh, first with uh, financial um, incentives because that's a subsidy what uh, the Czech investor supports to startups to kickstart the project but then uh, of course it comes as well to the to the connections networking to the mentorship and all that uh, is brought to the table by Czech investors we try to gather the experts we try to pre prepare some networking events and opportunities for startups to uh, pretty much uh, um, grow in, in a way that uh, that uh, they bring the economic value to the Czech Republic back. <laughs> <laughs> We've experienced um, quite a few hypes uh, 
I'm remembering the IST company that rebranded itself to a long blockchain corporation. You know, company making beverages, not utilizing crypto at all. Um, and you are uh, giving a non-equity investment to AI startups. So how do you make sure they aren't, you know, the next long AI corporation? Uh, yeah, so you're right. Check Invest um, provides uh, financial support to startups and we don't take any equity. Mm -hmm. So this means that it's pretty much a subsidy. It's um, uh, it's it's given by the fact because it's not really common. And some of some states in Europe, they run uh, as well the financial support in a way that they take the equity. Check Invest mm -hmm. due to some um, some aspects that are here uh, given by the legal circumstances we are in. Uh, we can't do that. So, uh, so at the, at the, at the state uh, of time uh, that we are in uh, at the moment, it's 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 a subsidy. And what we do is that we we um, run uh, the startups through the process of selection that has multiple phases. And uh, in 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 this selection process, we evaluate their scalability, innovativeness, and feasibility. And um, there is a, there is a process where we select them through the uh, through the uh, through their innovativeness, and then uh, if they pass this, they go to the uh, to the commissions. The commissions are usually formed by experts from 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 the AI field. We uh, cooperate with, with experts from uh, from academia. We uh, we have researchers there from. Uh, so we have researchers that will say this is not an IST, This is AI. Uh, indeed, I mean, like um, th th this is this is how it should work. So there is a. It's not based on the opinion of one person or, or two mm -hmm. people. It's based on the opinions of multiple people that, that enter the selection process. Um, so to say, it's um, it's about the. Uh, uh, it's about mixture of people that are from the uh, research, uh, therefore able to evaluate the AI potential or the technical aspect of uh, the given technology of the startup. Then there is somebody usually uh, even we cooperate within the selection process with uh, venture capital uh, funds, for example. So uh, members of these venture capital funds are usually part of the uh, of the committee that is evaluating the startups. So then uh, they can give another insight about what can be uh, pretty much the the weak point of the startup or what is considered to be the good point if there is some and it's combination of various opinions then there is people mm -hmm. often from the businesses we uh, cooperate and in, incorporate into these commissions as well people from uh, large corporations as well as from startups uh, usually uh, those AI experts or people that are focused on the AI field and this is how we select them we uh, pretty much uh, thanks to the cooperation with these experts within various fields, uh, we can think, then evaluate the startups, give them uh, some kind of ranking, and based on them, we select them. You described now, the, you, you now described the process, um, and I would be interested uh, in a little bit more broader view. Mm -hmm. Like, why does a state agency for investment and business development yeah. support AI startup? Like, what is the big picture, the big goal? Yeah, the big goal is uh, that uh, if you support startups, if you support technology as such, it uh, it, it is 
broadly believe then it is something that economists observed it brings mm-hmm. those economic benefits the long term economic benefits that uh, bring the state the uh, the opportunity if you support technologies and technological development it creates those spillover effects for example that then uh, transfer in the long term economic development into those spillover effects between the businesses and uh, academia about research being able to transfer technologies to the real life products and uh, and vice versa the uh, companies are if cooperating with the universities mm-hmm. able to transfer some specific know-how to the researchers at the universities and this way the entire ecosystem grows by supporting technologies on various fields it doesn't need to be startups you can trigger these positive effects those um, positive externalities that can uh, from the long term perspective materialize in the quality of workforce educated workforce about the ability to attract foreign talent and um, as well maintain the foreign talent mm-hmm. not only within the businesses but as well the top class researchers and pretty much this is why entire ecosystem on most of the economies throughout Europe not only the Czech Republic but uh, and not only Europe actually but uh, throughout the world they try to support startups because they are the source of talent of um, uh, technologies of advancements and uh, they can become the next big thing and once that uh, happens then of course the more Uh, uh the more advanced the technology the more uh, uh the more kind of um uh, uh hype there is about the technology that means that usually the, the technology uh, is the next big thing that may bring those positive aspects and that's why check invest as well supports startups because we would like to have more um not Unicorns would be the best way scenario, but it doesn't have to be unicorns. There is as well a, a way uh, more kind of uh, points which uh, the startups can reach in order to be beneficial for the economy as such. And Czech Invest is doing that. Czech Republic is doing that. It's kind of a new project. Technology incubation started just last year, but Czech Invest is supporting startups for more than last text mm-hmm. uh, for more than last ten years. It started with the Czech Accelerator project in 2013, and then it and they move on throughout various uh, support mechanisms, including, for example, partnerships with the European Space Agency and their uh, European Space Agency business incubation uh, project that is as well administered by Czech Invest in uh, the Czech Republic. That maybe you pointed out something very crucial here. That's you know AI hub is not about just the money incentives and startups, but about uh, creating the whole ecosystem that can cooperate, network, and and transfer knowledge. Um, that is very big goal. Yeah. Have you set some KPIs for yourself um, uh, that like if I had this, then I've done a good work? Uh, to myself, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, my goal is to uh, have really quality startups that are mm-hmm. selected throughout the process. That um, so it's fa- quality over quantity. Well, I, I would say definitely. I mean, like if you take a look at the startups that we are about to support, and um, I, I, I should as well mention that artificial intelligence is not the only field that Czech Invest supports. There is as well mobility, yeah. creative industries, um, ecotech. Um, and artificial intelligence is, of course, now the one of the 
hot topics actually and uh, most seeked uh, uh, kind of of these areas and uh, definitely from my point of view it would be quality over quantity uh, and it would be that uh, we are looking for startups that have this uh, uh, potential to become um, the next big thing from the point of uh, point of view of scalability innovativeness and feasibility so if they meet these criteria and they um, are able to go and uh, becomes successful successful on a on a global stage that would be that would be uh the goal for me yeah and go to the private sector not be depending on the incentives absolutely that, yeah. i mean like uh, <laughs> that's the other point i mean like it, as we mentioned it's uh, mm-hmm. still a kind of a subsidy from from czech state to these startups and i believe that it's um, in the Czech Republic especially the venture capital um, that is subsidized by state is not something that we are used to having here it's 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 mm-hmm. pretty much more used um, it's it's a it's a kind of support that was still missing here and there were discussions about how to launch it there were some um, role models abroad that we could uh, leverage on but on at the same time you can just copy paste it and uh, mm-hmm. make it a new project that is about to support startups you need to put it into the context of local ecosystem and local kind of uh, legal uh, aspects and uh, all that and it has to click and uh, base uh, i would say that that's the uniqueness of technology incubation because it was missing here uh, we could see it in other countries and uh, other countries are supporting not only their local startups they as well support the uh, inflow of startups from abroad they try to attract them uh, with uh, several incentives uh, that um, that could kind of motivate them to come to their territory start their business there and operate from there and therefore trigger those positive effects that i mentioned before in the given territories and so, honestly are you is this something that you might uh, be trying to prevent like from you know check startups starting their businesses elsewhere uh well depends because oh yeah are you trying to motivate them to stay home or start <laughs> their kick of home well my or the ideal scenario is that they grow here if they grow here they usually set up their businesses here they have some local presence they have some mm-hmm. attachment to the local ecosystem and if they grow that only means that they become a global company if they glo- become a global company within this global company if they if they were founded for example in the Czech Republic they usually have big portion of the important and crucial part of the development within the Czech Republic meaning the, um, uh, the it can be uh, the R&D services uh, in the Czech Republic be the headquarters it can be multiple things uh, that uh, that vary a lot but we can see from other companies that started in the Czech Republic and became a global companies and we can start with big brands like Avast for example even Avast is a global company nowadays but still has a huge presence in the Czech Republic and uh, is important ecosystem player here yeah, so yeah it can motivate another talent so it can thrive right and plus uh, what we could see as well with one of our startups because uh, some sometimes Czech Republic and Poland have uh, have, have those, this kind of uh, thing in common that a lot of people from these countries tend at one point to go abroad to gather some experience what we uh, kind of uh, could could see is that Czechs often tend to come back way more mm-hmm. than for example the Polish so this mm-hmm. is something this is uh, something very very unique for the Czech Republic and that's why I put it into this context because to go abroad 
often in in this context means that the person comes back with more experience and mm-hmm. uh, pretty much with um, some kind of global overview about uh, about the things. So it can be as well beneficial. But of course, we would like to have the companies grow here and stay here if possible. Oh, Jan, what do you think um, is why do you think that the state support is crucial here? Uh, what it brought you? I think that the, the role of Czech Invest and the uh, technological incubation is more like creating a community because here in Czechia, the, the startup community is not that big as, for example, in Estonia or yeah. Baltic countries. Not yet. And we need to be optimistic. We need <laughs> to push. So what Czech Invest does is great because they are creating the they, they are creating the soil to for entrepreneurs to meet and to create larger communities and to meet with VCs. And I, for example, know Startup Kitchen because of Check Invest. And that's great. So, nice. <laughs> so I think it's very important to create uh, such communities and to, to help startups. But there are also like different ways how to do that. Like you, there is some still some laws which might be introduced. And I think Check Invest is like pushing the government to, to actually start to talk about that, like maybe about some tax discounts for angel investors and people investing mm-hmm. into uh, into startups and also like um, uh, creating for example law about ESOP because we don't have any, any yeah. legislative about ESOP which is which is also a problem and that's why maybe Czech startups are leaving to Estonia and similar countries so that's how we can also move forward and why do you think Jan, that the private money uh, isn't enough now? I don't think not, not enough VCs are like currently focusing on on the the Czech market or in CE. So maybe <laughs> maybe if there is like larger community, larger like talent pool, then maybe later uh, there will be like enough VCs. But currently, it's uh, it's also like role of state to to like define the strategy and to to start like pushing a little bit more. So that's why mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea to to inject some money into the into the market. May I? Because sure. you, you mentioned why there is not enough money or why people don't invest. This is, this is something actually what um, what I feel there is often less, like this uh, this feeling that mm-hmm. there may not be enough money from the point of view of startups often that uh, they say, oh, we are, have this great product, but there is nowhere, uh, nobody wants to finance it or they, nobody wants to uh, talk to us. In a way. But there are a lot of VCs actually, like, and, and, and no, the, no, it's and, not nobody. Yeah, <laughs> on the other hand, there is a lot of VCs who claim uh, there aren't enough startups. There aren't enough startups. So, so it, it it's clearly that there is some kind of misconception about what is uh, the good startup or what is the good financing yeah. from the VC. Uh, and I believe that it may be as well the fact that if you are, for example, let's say a student, at, uh, you, you are at the university and you you do your uh, research or you realize that this could have some uh, market potential if you if you uh, take this technology further, you may not have the simply the the, 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 the skills or, or experience uh, how to uh, become a founder of a startup how what, what what needs to be done in order to establish a legal entity for example how, how to establish a team what should be uh, what should the business plan look like look like and so on and so forth and this 
this is something that uh, I can imagine that if this kind of person without experience has no clue how to start the project, uh, it, it can it can easily deteriorate from the way and he doesn't become a founder of a startup at all. So this is really important mm-hmm. to notice that uh, um, to kickstart these projects or be it a person in a corporate somewhere and he sees that this could be done differently and this could have a big potential to bring a value to the companies, um, he can as well kind of realize that this is the time to to become um, to start the startup idea and take it further and pretty much he needs to say goodbye to the previous work and employer and this brings him the tool the technology yeah. incubation for example to kickstart it to start the idea further to bring it to the next level and that's pretty much where i can see that even the Uh, other investment mechanisms such as the venture capital uh, can step in and become a complementary to technology incubation because one uh, once these kind of um, really talented people start to come up with their ideas and um, push their projects to realization then suddenly at some point I can imagine that uh, even the venture capital uh, investment uh, um, can come in uh, at a later stage once technology incubation kind of takes its place Uh, so this would be my so it's idea. not a competition with a VC, no, 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 of no. course not. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> but, it's helpful and and makes the investment less risky. And I I would say it's not a competition at all, and it's not competition as well because um, uh, I can imagine, for example, a lot of um, technology uh, te- uh, technology transfer kind of uh, offices at the universities. They often don't uh, know where to start or how to start, or um, they they have those interesting ideas within their teams somewhere at the university and now they may have another tool uh, like technology incubation that can help them to support even their projects at the universities themselves so your comment actually reminded me of one thing and that is that there is this i call the cevc's fetish with the uh, second time founder Um, they even sometimes implement it in their uh, VC clause, like they don't want the first-time founders because they, you know, consider them too risky to invest in. Has this ever happened to you, by the way, Jan? Because you are a first-time founder, right? I f- yeah, I think so, but no one ever told me. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think so. It's your face. Yeah, no. I, it's hard to to get feedback from VCs pretty often. So so I think Give this be- might feedback people. This might be a reason, like many times we failed so yeah yeah so talking about vcs giving you a reason uh, for something um i would like to start with the very big fish competition in the realm of ai because there's this really big ass players as alphabet you know google and open ai microsoft is there a space for small startups and how should they differentiate jan I think so. For example, us, we are, like Tolji, we are not competing with them. We are actually using uh, OpenAI models. And I think these companies are working on like different level. They, they are also like Google and Microsoft are cloud providers. And I think of these large larger language models as something which lies on the infrastructure level, like on the cloud, you can you can actually use ChatGPT via Azure, which is, which is Microsoft's cloud provider. And 
this is the way how why they are doing that they want to sell the service but they cannot operate in every like they cannot create every application in application level so that's that's up on the startups to create the the mm-hmm. cool creative applications for their for their models so what's your startup david's strategy in the fight with gpt goliath uh, and other colossal language models we are using it <laughs> that's that's our strategy. Yeah, we, we are not fighting it because it's impossible. Like you cannot. It cost. It costed like Microsoft thirteen billion dollars to mm-hmm. to create. To they invested in OpenAI, so we cannot like even raise that. Or for example, there is no there is new startup European European language model which is open source, and even the the data are open source, and they raised one hundred and thirteen million dollars just to create that. So so we cannot compete that because we we are not enough powerful to, to create such model. But we can use others models. And we, we can try to 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 be able to switch from different models to uh, like be flexible that's what we what we are trying to do to not depend on on single model but i think that's enough like we we can wait until like some open source models are developed in the future but currently like the the current models work great and we can use them so why not why to create something which is already invented mm-hmm. reinvent uh, the wheel yeah. matos is there is that something uh, you consider when deciding which startup to support um uh, during the application process like the existence of those big fish big teeth um tail and big pockets Uh, well, when we consider startups, definitely we consider as well what area of AI they are working with, what is their team, what is their uh, technology about, and how they are complementary with uh, with the rest. Whether they are developing their own large language models mm-hmm. or whether they are utilizing some um, some uh, existing ones, or which uh, which is definitely the f- <laughs> the thing nowadays. I m- I mean, they need to find their niche, niche, and then they need to elaborate on it. Um, they Uh, as as, as uh, we could hear here from Tolji, uh, it's um, it opens as well the opportunities for utilization and application in new areas, and uh, it can open new um, kind of business opportunities that can be leveraged upon. And on in these kind of uh, segments, if the startups elaborates, de- um, de- defines their uh, strengths and um, added value and pretty much uh, works with the AI in a way that uh, it develops in a functional product, then it can work. Of course, it's mm-hmm. difficult to call, call, um, to compete with these big guys because as Ian just mentioned, uh, just to finance the establishment of a new company that would uh, come up with a with, with a uh, with a solution that would be on par with those large language models from OpenAI or, or Google that uh, that would take um, probably a lot of lot of time lot of money and uh, the the results might not be clear it would need um, the budget that Czech Republic pro- probably is not <laughs> is not willing and able to to push into these technologies it would need to uh, to have this kind of um, 
uh, it would need to be as well part of the national security, I would say, because if you uh, consider that those large language models are in hands of uh, of some companies and it's quite impossible to enter this game, uh, then you can become dependent on these technologies Mm -hmm. themselves. So, of course, it can be a question about whether it would be nice or strategic even to have a local European, I'm not telling the saying about Czech, about European uh, provider of these large language models that could be kind of safeguarded somehow uh, within the EU simply because then you are not that dependent on somebody who can alter the usage of these uh, models so they can limit, for example, some words that can't be used or search or whatever. Do you think that is a feasible idea? that Europe will have its own. I know there's some great funding uh, behind it um, and the European Union pushes this agenda. Do you think, with your experience, do you think it's feasible? As you know, yeah, the gatekeeper yeah, yeah, yeah. of new ideas that no, can no, no. predict <laughs> the, the future and the next type. At the beginning of this, uh, uh, this podcast, I, d- I didn't want to say that I, 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 I see the future. Yeah, I <laughs> just mentioned some examples that I could see that something I, I noticed at the very beginning uh, became mainstream later on. But, uh, but at this point, I would say that Europe is very specific and it has its problems. And within AI, it means... Not only f- about, because pretty much at, th- at this point, um, Czech Republic and Europe, Europe as such has really good research in AI, AI and artificial intelligence. And there is a lot of world-class researchers. For example, if you consider how many great researchers uh, in France uh, uh, there are within the artificial intelligence, and then you consider who is actually making money of AI, it's usually the US companies. <laughs> and uh, if you take a look about who is working with the ecosystem and where the French researchers go to work, then you realize it's probably Canada or US, you know. So we have the researchers, we have the research, but the commercialization of this research is a, is, is a this weak point of Europe. and. Uh, So um, now we are at the stage uh, when US has most of the finances. It's very, it's easier to access the finance. It's easier to get the funding if you are a startup in in the US. Uh, it's probably easier if you are uh, if you are uh, as well a researcher to um, run your idea through this process and get uh, get it to the stage when you become a startupist. Europe has a lot of problems that needs to reevaluate how they consider AI, how they finance. AI, be it research, be it transfer mm-hmm. into the real life products. And of course, if they want to start um, uh, such a big project, such as like run those large language models in Europe, it would be really, really costly. It would probably need uh, some bigger consortia. Czech Republic can't do it on its own. Uh, not at this stage of financing that we are doing and pushing to AI. So let's see if um, the European large language model is a next long board. There is, a, there is a very good reason to like create European large language model, and that's because of security. Because some companies or, or governments or like public institutions don't want to send data to America, and they don't want to send it even to like American providers, and that's maybe the the reason why they raised so ma- so much money because. There will be need for like European larger language model because yeah, of the that's where the business uh, collides uh, yeah. with um, with large continental, not conflicts but policy. Yeah, and also like European strategy should be like to maybe be independent or not that not depend that much on American services. 
or maybe you can use the in the future you can use the larger language model as a as a weapon for example like <laughs> to like you know f- doing some frauds and stuff so maybe it could be it's going to be great to have like open source model where we can actually see what's happening inside yeah i i would as well add that it's it's not that Uh, because we are part of this uh, Euro-Atlantic kind of uh, world uh, that we are in, meaning that, of course, we don't see a threat that may occur at any mm-hmm. moment from the United States. Of course, that's our <laughs> partner. And, uh, I would say that uh, it's, uh, it's 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 something that we just need to face and we need to, we need to think about. Uh, it's as well uh, about the fact that... Uh, that as we are part of this world it's about the cooperation within this part of the world but as well if we could see how um how fragile the economies can be how uh, important are foreign kind of inflows that can in affect even within ai we are not talking about some commercial aspects we are talking about ability to influence um, government elections for example or ability to uh, intervene into the national security aspects how you can manipulate the general public how you give them the answers to the questions they are looking for and how do how you carve them in a way that it it, for, it can form the general kind of um, uh, approach to things that uh, that can be uh, of an of this security kind of aspects and that this is something that that needs to be discussed and this is something that when you think about that it's in the hands of few people that are running these uh, these companies and they uh, run the, the 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 hardware they run the software yeah. algorithms and everything and they can mm. influence all that then it can be tricky and that's what i meant by that that, this, that this because i'm gonna touch you with that subject a little bit more <laughs> okay. uh, because do you think that this shipped hasn't sailed yet because this was a similar argument with you know creation new social media because all the social media with very similar threats and danger that you just mentioned with all the influences it has on governmental election etc we knew that it gets this like examples of cambridge analytica at this yes. uh, but there isn't like from my personal point of view there's like zero chance we can suddenly come up with social media that could stand a chance with meta or tiktok as europe mm. for now uh, do you think that uh, if you compare this to social media that this ship isn't you know across the atlantic yet that we still can still catch uh, catch it uh well I think it's on the table. I mean, like mm-hmm. we are we are behind the U.S. when it comes to uh, they are simply ahead of us. Uh, we talk uh, us as Europe, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. United States with with their investments that they made in the past years, they are ahead. Uh, absolutely, uh, we can as a Czech uh, Republic, as Europe, uh, take some actions, and I think Europe is doing one of these actions already now. They are trying to implement AI Act, or at least come come up with some discourse on this topic about how AI should be regu- regulated in the future. What should be actually uh, one of the some some of the areas that um, that will be uh, overseen, and what areas shouldn't be limited because it simply can bring Europe backwards when it comes again to the development. And we are part of the world, and the world means not only US; it means as well China, it means as well other countries that uh, uh, 
uh, are really strong in, in development of artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and uh, they all can utilize these models and uh, deep learning and stuff like that that um, uh, that can bring those solutions uh, that might, might be harmful but uh, i don't think that the it, it's sailed yet it's just hard to catch up if not impossible i would say it's it's really important to raise these questions and uh and come up with some solution about what to do but it's not easy to pick yes it's also a question for um the new legislation etc um but well from what you say what i hear is that uh, europe is lacking the money Uh, the U.S. is very much ahead of us when it comes to you know investments and money put uh, on the table. At the same time, we're not behind as Europe um, in the realm of research and brains. Is this something you agree with? I, I, I'm afraid that the regulation will like backfire. Maybe <laughs> that maybe it's going to slow us down and like the America is going to be faster again mm -hmm. because in Europe, Europe, uh, Europe and the Union, we are pretty, pretty great in regulating stuff, but then it may be, it's maybe slowing us down. So, so please don't wait, don't like think about it twice. <laughs> Some of them is saying in American <laughs> Congress, regulate us. So, yeah. uh, uh, it's not only about states regulating those activities. It's as well, and that's what we could see with uh, OpenAI and uh, Elon Musk and, and those guys that um, that raised um, the topic actually that we are discussing now um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, quite publicly. They, uh, they 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 wrote this kind of letter about um, how AI should be uh, overseen in the future and that... Uh, that yeah, that, but that, they are saying one thing and then they are lobbying against yeah, it. I, I yeah, know, right. I <laughs> but but, but mm. just that this is the context we are in. This is something that uh, it's not raised only by by us here but by states it's 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 question that is raised as well by those big guys that are actually developing those mm -hmm. large, large language models simply because they all realize what it could uh, bring to the table and uh, how big a kind of um, uh, how big of a power it gives to certain people which are not elected by anybody they just mm -hmm. run the company and they have the resources they have the algorithms and they have the computational power which is not uh, really matched by mm -hmm. by someone else so um so 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 it's it's really about uh, accumulation of of these strategic resources in hands of somebody who can affect pretty much somebody on another continent mm -hmm. quite easily without or anywhere in the world if uh, these uh, these technologies become disseminated way more than they are now because at the moment we are just at the beginning <laughs> we are just at the beginning when people start to play with these tools and how they can generate picture and how they can generate text but, yeah. but soon mm. it may become way more powerful powerful tool for for all those that can could try to find um, some ways how to i don't know make some fraud and uh, they write uh, emails and they can do it way more efficiently and you know all those aspects are just a piece pieces of puzzle into these no new technologies that appeared but it can soon become way more um kind of connected to, to everyday people's lives and uh, connected to everyday people's solutions and once we become dependent on these solutions uh, then of course uh, it's we are in hands of somebody who can 
somehow. And we haven't even started talking about the military, but (laughs) 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 let's leave that for the next podcast. Um, Bringing the discussion a little bit back to Czech Republic and the technology incubation. We already touched the subject of the due diligence. Mm -hmm. Um, Apart from the all-time classics as the, you know, team and go-to-market strategy and business model, is there something unique that you are uh, considering when making due diligence of the AI startups yeah uh, unique what of course because uh, as I mentioned there is um, there is there is more uh, people that are entering the, the the due diligence at certain stage at one point we um, we consider their innovativeness and one point we uh, have to evaluate what is their technology uh, development or plans what uh, what they would like to uh, allocate the support to but we as well evaluate um, what, whether they have uh, whether they are an AI company themselves, whether they have their team that is developing the algorithms, or whether they are just uh-huh. uh, utilizing AI in a smart way that brings uh, some new product to the market. Uh, we as well evaluate uh, in, um, in multiple ways. Um, for example, this, this support is for companies, small companies, uh, not older than five years. So at, at, this, mm-hmm. at one point, we need to evaluate as well uh, these little aspects. For example, some companies are interconnected. They have some Dutch mother, for example, from Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And they need to, then, then, for example, these little pieces, uh, they need to be as well kind of overseen. Uh, so they are not just overseen. white, it's, how do you call it, white horse? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, actually, the, the, white horse. In Czech, it's white horse. Uh, yeah. in, English. I think it's, it's, it's the same. It I, is. Don't, I don't think so. I think it's like check, check invention is a word, but yeah, it's an idiom <laughs> of uh, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, of a company that is uh, newly founded uh, just uh, to get the incentive, uh, for example. I think it's in English the same. Uh, maybe not. Uh, depends. But uh, anyway, this is uh, this is one of the interesting points because, of course, uh, if uh, if it's a sub- subsidy for small companies and then suddenly uh, suddenly some companies may so have you need some... to do some legal yeah, yeah, background yeah. check as yeah, well. Yeah, we do yeah. that. We do that. But unlike other uh, other mechanisms and support tools in the Czech Republic, we control this at the very end uh, of the process. So we don't do this with all the companies that apply, but only with yeah. those that are selected at the end. So this yeah, that is, would be a nightmare. Th- this is something that we try to do in order to um, make the process a bit easier, faster, and uh, because it's still startup support, so not to be a, a, like a typical, uh, typical traditional uh, subsidy that is given. Mm-hmm. Companies. So how did Ian, how did the technology incubation, how did it help you? Could you, for example, postpone your pre-seed? Yeah, uh, it made our runway larger. <laughs> longer? Uh, uh, longer, <laughs> yeah, longer. Uh, so that was great. Uh, so so we, we could work on our project longer. But also I, what I like the most about it is that I really meet the people from the industry. Like mm-hmm. there is a lot of events and every day in the in the Slack channel of the technological incubation and AI hub, there is like a lot of new events or new opportunities where, where we can meet with other people from AI and that really helps. So I think this is great. We also... You know, we also can attend like workshops and, and learn stuff about that. And if you are first time first time founder, uh, it helps a lot a lot as well. So, uh, 
So these are the main reasons why I I would recommend to uh, founders to join it. Amazing. And talking about things that help, uh, I would like to ask, because there is a various point of views on the hype and if the hype does help or doesn't help startups. For example, there are many voices coming from American market that startups claim, AI startups claim that the hype helped them to hire people, for mm. example, but it's not helping as much as, for example, previous hypes as metaverse or blockchain to raise money. So what is your experience uh, with AI hype? Does it help you? I think both. Like, there is a lot of... Because since we are doing like localization and translation stuff, then uh, I, I pitch to investors and then they show me like Google Translator and say like, yeah, we like we, we can do it with Google Translator. So what are you doing here? And now it happens with ChatGPT. So fortunately, I already know how to explain that, like, but it took a lot of time to, to actually ex explain why do it's more... Do you think more... that there's something like lacking in technological knowledge on their side from what I, you just said i i don't think so like they cannot like be experts in every field and localization is like still or it's it's kind of niche i think like not every investor can know about that so it's okay it's about us to explain it correctly so i don't think there is lack of i think that investors are pretty educated in ai actually so so that's cool and that's maybe the reason also why like you know it it doesn't help that much in 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 raising money because there is like lo like every startup can use almost every startup can use ai somehow mm -hmm. so then you have like all the startups are suddenly ai so and if everybody is ai then there is no difference you know <laughs> so that might be also the reason why why mm -hmm. it doesn't help that much. Yeah, definitely. But it's like, yeah, it, it works also that we can, uh, that we are AI startups, that there are like special incubators and special VC, VCs who specialize in AI, so we can like uh, talk to them as well, which is also cool. Following on the on the white horse idiom that we are still not sure if it's applicable, we have another one, which is a Czech saying like um, that something grows uh, like mushrooms after rain, which is transfers translatable to like yeah we really told you for that, like popping up like weeds. Um, are you feeling the same in the AI hub? Like the numbers are growing, and what if if yes? Because I see you nodding. What percentage of all the applicants are now um, AI startups? Well, uh, yeah, uh, they, I'm nodding because it, it's true. We, we uh, even at Check Invest with an AI hub and technology incubation, we uh, realized or we, we, we noticed that there is bigger uh, bigger interest from AI startups uh, when it comes to the uh, to the support than from other technological fields. As I mentioned, it's. Uh, in, we have two calls for support uh, behind us, and within those two calls, uh, we supported those four areas that I mentioned at the beginning: mobility, creative industries, uh, ecotech, and artificial intelligence. Out of all these, artificial intelligence was the most seeked uh, uh, that uh, that uh, that we uh, could kind of uh, see. Um, 
actually actually within the first call uh, we got like 117 applicants and out of these uh, 39 were AI startups uh, in the second call uh, in the second call we recorded 196 uh, so nearly two, 200 uh, applications for AI support and out of these 269 uh, startups mm -hmm. were uh, or categorize themselves as AI. So uh, they were then uh, evaluated and uh, taken care uh, as AI startups. So uh, so out of all these um, out of all these technologies and out of all these uh, supported uh, supported areas, AI uh, raises the biggest uh, interest from uh, from from applicants from startups. Um, what Jan said just um, intrigued my next question because uh, I do agree that everything is becoming AI. So, for example, startups combine mobility or creativity with AI. So, how do you differentiate? Do do you say, well, go to creative hub in that case, or go to mobility hub, or go to AI? What is the um, on that T section or four section or whatever, um, how do you differentiate? Good point, actually, because that's related to what Jan just yeah. mentioned. That as a buzzword and as um, AI becomes more and more uh, kind of omnipresent, so to yeah. say, uh, we can we can see that pretty much everybody is now using in some part of their business at least to some extent artificial intelligence, or if they don't, they should uh, very soon. <laughs> And uh, and and uh, of course, of course, that, that triggers the idea. What is actually the AI startups that we are about to support, and who is just a startup that is using AI technology? And we could see that there, from the applications, there was this was actually very very common. It was either the team mm -hmm. was present within the company, so the the the, the technical know-how and that um, uh, the the uh, the team that was there was able and capable of developing their AI themselves. Then it was like really centered AI startup behind the AI technology. That was one uh, part of the startups that applied and it was the most interesting part, I would say. Then there was the other part which um, already had some technical or technology uh, or they or even had their startup running already. And they were thinking about improving their existing technology with AI. And then they applied to technology incubation themselves as well. And then there was this third category which, um, which uh, tried to utilize those new tools and, uh, and solutions that there are behind AI uh, in order to come up with some new service that was missing here on the market. And they very, they didn't have their um, technology expertise or AI experts within the team, but they are really good at combining various tools together and bring it as a new solution. And uh, each of these aspects had its pros and cons. I would say the most interesting one was the first category of startups mm -hmm. that I mentioned there that had some of the techno technology background already within their team uh, that could be elaborated upon. So these... So these are the the core. These were the core. These were the, 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 if I should kind of generalize what kind of startups and what is their relation to AI technology, 
I, I would say it's this. Either they have mm. the, the know-how within the team or they are utilizing uh, or using and putting together various AI kind of uh, uh, tools that may be there from those big guys like, op like OpenAI. And some of them, um, some of them are trying to carve their. But they still need like some magic, right? Some yeah. magic potion on it, or we can uh, we can talk about Torji how they yeah. do it, for example. Because I can imagine, for example, even yeah. if you are within the technology field, and sorry, before before I pass you the board, uh, what I found out, for example, I used to work before in a company called Valeo, and their R and D center is focused on autonomous driving, and uh, so I was really close to how AI can be utilized in autonomous driving. And you could see that the company, because it's a huge company, it's uh, one of the biggest uh, tier one supplier in the world, they had their research team within AI as well in the Czech Republic. There was uh, one value AI researcher and they had cooperations with local researchers at universities. One of the teams was working as well with what we now see, how AI can uh, generate and or alter the existing video or picture in a way that uh, it looks like another one. So, for example, in automotive, this was a big topic because you could save a lot of money if you don't need to drive the car around in the physical space. But uh, you, for example, uh, can uh, utilize the once recorded image and alter it in a way that it creates from the day uh, video, it can create a night video. It, you record the video in summer and it can create the winter images from it, you know. And so this is the where, where, where those general Generative adversarial networks could be in hand already before uh, it started to be so omnipresent now with all those tools and services that everybody can play in their living room with. But what it as well means that where the researchers tried to, for example, generate some pedestrians on the cross, uh, somewhere on the crossroad or something, suddenly there are tools that can be way more easy to uh, use, utilize, and they bring you the benefit than to finance your own research yeah. in-house. So this is as well the question. Where is the where is the line where you finance your researcher in-house because it's uh, simply cutting edge and you know that it can bring those huge kind of um, benefits in the future. But at the same time, it, it's costly. It takes time. It doesn't need it's to... It's an innovator's dilemma yeah, alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. But on the other hand, suddenly then come, somebody comes with uh, this generating tools that is able to do the work that the researcher was working on. And so I can imagine that a lot of researchers nowadays and companies as well had to change and shift their ideas simply because the innovation with artificial intelligence within the, this last year was so, so fast and um, kind of deal. It was changing a lot of kind of um, research parts of many startups, companies and researchers at the academia. That's, that would be perhaps rather my question to somebody who is making localizations from other languages. Uh, because I can imagine that if you are within this within this area, it can really kind of, you need to follow the, the trends and be able to adapt to them. So what was your approach to this elevators, innovators uh, <laughs> dilemma? Yeah, so we, when, when we were entering technological incubation, we were thinking about like creating our own model or like extending existing models for uh, translation. And we we got we, we did some research. We found some ways how we can do that. Uh, we we uh, found some partners who would help us with that. But suddenly, like ChatGPT became a thing, and we we decided to test it, and we were immediately sure that it's like impossible to, to create something which would be comparable to that. Yeah. So 
it, there was like no reason to create actually our custom translator. And yeah, so so we can focus on like providing the context and the context extraction, which is like our USP. So so mm -hmm. uh, that's great. So we can like focus on the application level, create uh, the stuff around that to actually make it reliable. That's also like pro problem with this large language models that sometimes you got like non-reliable re result and you had you have to handle that somehow. So that's the challenges. Even like there are technology technology technological challenges. That's not just about like. Mm -hmm. Plugging in like black box yeah. and like and say yeah, that's it like buy it. So and this if, is the internet. The, the, yeah, yeah. So that's not not how it works. You still need to have something unique and some technology around it to to deliver something different. And that's I think how other startups like should differentiate mm -hmm. that they should create something unique and find their niche. So. It's still yeah. the same game, but do you think that we will call them all AI startups like um, in the near future? Would it be, or it, it will become completely obsolete? Like saying, yeah, if startup says we use AI, it will become the same thing like we use internet. I, I, I would say <laughs> no, <laughs> but you you still say it's like IT startup, right? Or like, yeah. <laughs> or not? Uh, Maybe not. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. Depends, but uh, yeah, the, the, that brings me to the beginning of when, yeah. when we talked yeah, about looping. how the technology can evolve in a way that what was considered once AI, for example, in uh, in production, if you if you do some automation of some, you know, some kind of automation of that kind could be considered at one point really high tech AI, but at some point throughout the time, it's it, it deteriorates. It's not anymore the high tech. There is way more that can be done with data, with, uh, with algorithms, with artificial intelligence, and suddenly you realize that what you call what you used to call AI is now. Um, really not considered the thing. Mm -hmm. So it, it can happen. It can definitely happen once these tools and uh, services become more um, present <laughs> within the, the services and uh, companies start to work with it and it becomes to be automatic, so to say, that uh, if you are in this business, you probably operate with this and that. Uh, mm -hmm. Then then I can imagine that people start not to use it because now it's buzzword. And uh, so if... AI became a buzzword similarly like it used to be cloud, similarly like it used to be industry mm. 4.0, you know, at some point it becomes an, a buzzword because everybody knows it's something high tech. So if you use this word, everybody is like, oh, and now it's interesting and this guy knows mm -hmm. what he's talking about. So it's similar with 5G at some points it was all about IoT. because you know with 5G it was even nice because you could mm. see that 4 and 5 you know so 5 is newer than 4 so 4G and 5G obviously if you used 5G it, it showed this is the guy who is working with the future because 5G is not here yet yeah mm -hmm. so so this is similar thing like um, yeah. uh, but aluminum heads won't help us here right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those 5G protection. That, okay. <laughs> I was yeah. just thinking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. why did I miss <laughs> Illuminati? Oh, this was my favorite thing. Um, you really wear it? 
If I would wear it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it will protect me from the um, <laughs> uh, from the um, you know um, AI implementation in my brain. Um, mm -hmm. That's where that's where I will wear at our panel uh, during the days of AI really? that are coming. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 not over my dead body. Uh, tell us about that. Tell us about the event that you're planning. Oh yeah, uh, well. Yeah, there is the AI AI days in, in English, but uh, yeah, this, which is which is a festival of, of artificial intelligence. We don't like the word festival, but it's a event which takes place in four cities. It's in Brno, uh, and it starts actually uh, on 9th of uh, October, and then it goes uh, from Brno to um, to Plzeň, and then it goes to Ostrava, and it's it's uh, it's uh, it's then uh, ended in Prague the fourth week uh, so it's four weeks full of activities uh, meetups workshops uh, uh, and presentations interesting presentations and, and speeches and panels about uh, artificial intelligence uh, one of these is as well organized by Check Invest which is called AI Startup Pitch Contest so if you are an AI startup definitely take a look at it and uh, where where should they go uh, well uh, you, you should definitely go to uh, to this podcast <laughs> Uh, no, I think it's um, uh, definitely check uh, check the check in the website, uh, check the uh, check the LinkedIn and social media. It, it, we we share it there, and there is um, a, a site where you can register for these events. It's on 12th of um, October in Brno. It's in 16th of October in Plzeň and 23rd of October in Ostrava. So. Uh, these are the next events. In each of these events, we will have different uh, different partners in a committee that will help us to select the startups from venture capital uh, investors. And uh, so there will, there will be a lot of things to learn about startup support, about AI startup support. There will be panel discussions going on. And then there Hosted will be... Hosted by aluminum heads. Yeah, <laughs> aluminum heads. And then there will be as well um, the... Uh, the startups presenting their ideas, so definitely vote. What can they win? They can win, they can win uh, fame, uh, and they can win as well uh, an, an article on the checkstartups.org website. They can win uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, interest from the venture capital investment perhaps if they are good at the pitching uh, we will see uh, there will be a lot of networking opportunities as well so definitely if they come yeah lots of VCs investing and interested in AI uh, absolutely uh, I mean like as we mentioned, buzzwords they generate interest, and at this at this time of uh, of play, we are talking about AI as being the next buzzword, simply because it becomes as well more known and utilized by the general public. Uh, the potential now, nowadays can't be underestimated by anybody. Uh, pretty much everybody has heard about artificial intelligence nowadays, or um, has uh, had the chance to generate some text or images uh, themselves. They could as well alter some images if they want it so the tools for general public are here you can use them you can uh, with artificial intelligence translate websites and uh, applications to other languages which is uh, which is really nice and i can imagine that such services will become more and more um, relevant for our everyday everyday lives uh, there is a big potential 
if you are a tech uh, tech enthusiast, uh, then I can imagine you have a lot of ideas of what could be done with this technology. And if you have ideas about what to be, can be done with this technology, definitely try to put it on paper, try to think about how to put it to the next stage and apply for AI Startup Pitch Contest. Are you applying? Yeah, I'm applying to Brno and, and Plzeň and I also have presentation in, uh, in Brno. So you can apply to multiple cities? Yeah, I I think cool. so. They, they they told me to, <laughs> and I have presentation uh, in Brno on Thursday about uh, how we are actually doing that, what we are doing. So if you want to like deep dive into the technology, then you can go there. Yeah, great. So <laughs> I will see you both in Pilsen and in Brno because I'm hosting but, it, and I will just bring the big black box, and we can say this is. Yeah, this but is but the, the, the presentation I have is in uh, the evening in Brno in in Adbar. In Artbar. Well, let's see you there. Thank you guys for coming. <laughs> Thank you, Altan. And and see you Thursday then. Thursday, yeah. And by the way, find uh, any information about the days of uh, days of AI, days of future past. No, about uh, AI days and check invest um, in, the, in the copy of this episode. You'll find all the information there. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>